the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klanner, but the white moderate. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the season three finale of Black Ants, a candid conversation about racism, white people, and ways to move forward. I'm April. And I'm Jonathan. We're brother and sister, looking to discuss how race informs important issues, current events, and what white people looking to make a difference can do. Three seasons? It's a lot. We're definitely planning on a season four. For sure. We're going to take a little bit of a summer vacay. Um, but we wanted to, this last episode, get as vulnerable as we can get, I think, and let you guys know, that let everyone know that, you know, the folks that you look to for advice, people like us, who we are so humbled by you looking to us for anti-racism insight and best practices and ideas, we wanted to show you that even those people who you're looking to, people like us who you might think are full of all the answers, we are having our own internal struggles with our own family members, our own, um, our extended family, really, April, I think we should just really talk about that this episode. Um, We are two biracial black millennials, that's sort of our brand, but we are, you know, we talk about our white mom all the time, our white mom from conservative Mennonite Lancaster County, (laughs) uh, who has, she's one of, of Seven. Seven siblings. So we have a huge extended family. Each of our siblings has, um, uh, just about each of them has multiple children um, with multiple children. So we have cousins, more cousins than we know what to do with, which has always been great. Um, and we are experiencing, you know, some upheaval now as the people like me and like April are coming into our adulthood mm-hmm. and speaking out and speaking up in a way that we never thought we were able to before. Particularly uh, in the instance that that John's sort of alluding to here, we're coming up on the time of my mom's extended family's like scheduled reunion. annual reunion, yeah. our yeah. family reunion. So it's um, my mom's father's family, whole family. So, so all of his brothers and sisters and their children. So tons of cousins, tons, tons of aunts and uncles, our great aunts, and great uncles. aunts and uncles. Um, yeah, and so it's it's wild. A lot of people. Um, And so it's time to plan that. And the folks who are leading the charge sent out a family-wide email, started chain to talk about it. Um, What are we going to do? COVID, we want to meet in person, you know, food, all the the stuff you talk about. It's about 50 people in the email. Yeah. And so we're uh, in the midst of, of, of those conversations, people are chiming in. Our mother chimes in to let the family know for the first time that she and two of her sisters will not be attending the reunion specifically because of racist comments, attitudes, statements, (laughs) memes, and posts on social media, particularly that she's seen from members of our family who are going to be at this reunion. So she's saying our, you know, my children and some of my nieces and nephews, of course, would not feel comfortable being there. So in an effort to support them, we are not going to be there either. So just to be clear on this, to set the scene for people. So it was like us and a few members of our family, including our dad and one or two aunts and uncles were the only people of color, black or brown, non-white people at this whole event of, uh, you know, let's say a hundred people. It's us planning that. Mm -hmm. And 
this was us for the first time saying, our, our mom, Nancy, who we've talked about a lot, for the first time saying, I and my children, Jonathan, April, and Jubilee, are not going to go to this because... Y'all are racist. Y'all are racist. There's too much racism in this family. And y'all, we see it all over social media. We are seeing it now in this email thread. And we just wouldn't feel comfortable. You know, and so my aunt, other aunt said that as well. The aunt um, who my mom is sort of housemates with, which is precious. And yeah, and so they... And it sparked it this sparked, whole yeah. conversation and like semi-argument, semi-just conversation where other folks in the family chime in and some say, you know, I applaud your courage, Nancy, for speaking your truth, whatever. And while others are saying, you know, just because someone listens to Fox News doesn't mean they're racist. That's um, the problem. Two sides. That's the, right. That's the know. problem with social media let's is that's why we need, we need to be meeting in person because right. we need... Bah, 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 let's, yeah. let's talk about it. And then, you know, but the vast majority of folks not responding, not chiming in, you know, at all. And so some of the underrepresented family members chimed in as well. John did, of course. Uh, can't be silent. Right. Can you under you might you you might uh, for those of you on Twitter who follow me there and a couple of the ones I think I published the my first mm. um, response email to them which was oh my goodness like yeah. how is this even how are y'all even I'm recognizing some of these names on this email thread as people who like have called me racist on mm -hmm. Facebook who have gone mm -hmm. who have sent like pro Trump stuff messages to me who have randomly replied under status messages that I make about Black Lives Matter that like, you know, MAGA this and MAGA that. And it's just like, yeah. so those are my like great aunts and uncles and y'all are on this email thread right now. Hi, do y'all yeah. know that this is happening family? Do right. you extended family know that this is, that the people who you claim to love and protect and especially in our family, which is very Christian, very Mennonite religious, family god the person who you say you're following god's direction to love your family members and your members of the lgbtq community members of, our, of that community in our group black and brown people in our family you are seeing that these things happen to them and not doing anything, not chiming in right you don't think that this implicates you at all and so jonathan replied and uh another of our cousin a couple of our other cousins replied and so as the as the email chain goes on we start to wonder okay why are we hearing from from some of uh, the people that we really expect yeah, the standard to, people our aunts yeah, and uncles who know us really that well we're close with why aren't we hearing from them with a yes i support that Nancy or a, um, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that people are feeling this way. Or in my mind, like, I don't know. In my mind, best world, best case scenario, totally, totally, totally proactive anti-racist is point them out. Who was saying racist stuff? Mm -hmm. Who told, who said racist stuff to you, Jonathan? Yeah. My nephew that I love so much. Right. Because I'll get him. Because I'll get him. I'll yeah. take care. I'm kicking down doors, taking out people who are, uh, out to hurt black people. Yeah, because I love you so because much. Because I love you so much. Yeah. And it's the people that like, the soldiers, like the people who never shut the hell up in our family, <laughs> which I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm one of those people, right? There are aunt, a certain aunts that always have an opinion about something, certain uncles that always have something to say about something. They're silent, conspicuously silent, while like some of the most important conversation that I've ever had with our family is being had because right. it's honest it's honest about racism 
But yeah. continue. Sorry, I cut you off. So we're we're thinking like, what? So what do you do in these situations? Like one, there there are so many facets to it. Like this is our family, so it's just un- very uncomfortable and awkward and intimidating right off the bat because this is this is our extended family, but we we're not close for these exact reasons. Um, and it's you know we're thinking about our place in the family as far as our age we're talking to people who are 60 mm-hmm. 70 80 years old it's one thing to for me to like snap at someone you know on right. facebook my age and call them out for their you know racism but it's another thing to snap at your parents like yeah. oldest sibling right like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, like yeah or they're like you know great uncle right right who is racist Clyde but like i'm not trying to like <laughs> yeah like i'm not yeah it's it would be embarrassing for them yes but uh, sort of for me as well because it, right. that doesn't feel good but but then we're, we're thinking so what does it mean for these silent people when they say they love me how am i supposed to feel now that like you won't right i'm not asking you to like punch nazis i'm asking you to, to speak with your own family and, and stick up for do me the, and acknowledge the, yeah. the racism do the bumper sticker thing right silence right. is complicity do the do the, the like silence is complicity you're doing it so right. like right. don't do that so we start to well and jonathan mostly y'all look so can i (laughs) so look uh this was right around just to set the framing this was right around the time when derek chauvin uh the officer who murdered george floyd i believe his trial was going on so i was in a place where i was just not having any um of it of it yeah i was just not it was one of those things where it's like i can't I've gone my whole life, I just turned 35, I've gone my whole life so far not speaking to these people about these issues clearly and honestly. Honestly, these people being my, literally my aunts and uncles, some of them I had, but not to the point where like I was really telling them how it is. Where you're totally not considering their feelings right when you're just being honest right so there were all these issues there was all these responses and and with our family it started off what i viewed as pretty performative our extended family so our like yes you know i've been lo- i've been raised to love all of god's children and it was basically the like we're all humans um i can't believe that some people are feeling this gasp gasp Pearl clutching. I don't um, see color. I don't see color. I, you know, struggled for, you know, back in such and such a time with the civil rights movement, back in such and such a time with, which is like facts, big facts, <laughs> but that doesn't mean you're not racist today if you're right. a white person saying that, right? Um, so, yeah, I guess I should read the, e- I'll read my first time chiming in. With, this was after, this was after, um, you know, 30 or so exchanges with our cousins and, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Can't. And now imagine someone like me not chiming in this whole time. And I'm texting April like, are you going to find this? Because is one of us going to like, you know. Um, so I'll just read the email that I wrote. So, um, yeah, I just noticed now that I have no intro. There's no like, good morning. Yeah, no. Like, it's just, I just start typing. This is so this is my response. Reading along with this thread, I have so many complicated feelings. Just conveying them just conveying them as they come out. Please bear in mind I am also experiencing these deep personal feelings as I work my full-time everyday job which involves educating people, college students, administrators, professors, professors about equity issues. So that's me saying, "Hey guys, I'm writing you this in the context of me doing this work for a living, FYI." Colon Number one, your Christianity should not be the reason you oppose racism and other hate. Your humanity should be. Number two, 
Some of the most racist and hateful people I've ever met have also professed to be among the most religious. If you use your religion as a reason for your solidarity, fine, but know that others in this very family, that's underlined in bold, <laughs> sweet, are using it as both a weapon of hate and a shield, e.g., if your religion mandates you, quote-unquote, don't agree with same-sex same sex relationships, then your practice of religion in the way that you're doing it now is part of the problem here. If you disagree, quote-unquote, with the LGBTQ community, you are part of the problem here. Number three, in bold, it is the responsibility of white people in this family to fix these problems. Unbold. Um, white people introduced this type of hate into the United States when the country was founded. So it's on white people to fix this. You're literally the only demographic group who has the power to. If you don't know what to do with all this information you're receiving from these emails, if you're confused, imagine how your black, brown, and LGBTQ members of the family have felt this whole time, our whole lives. Do the work and fix it. Number four, finally. On a personal note, I am absolutely crushed having heard silence from so many of my closest aunts and uncles. And then I go on to list some of them out here by name because I'm, it's that 2021, bitch. right? It's like, I'm 100% that bitch. And I'm not going to do that here because our podcast has a pretty far reach. And I truly am trying to protect myself because if I dox them on our podcast, then we have just burned the bridge of fixing racism in our family. And that's sad. That's a sacrifice that we have to make here because, of course, racism is still considered a very much a huge slur and a conversation ender. So this would be man calls own family members racist on podcast, still loves them. You know, yeah. like it's still, it would be a, a big event and it doesn't need to be. Still so. loves right, them. Right, right, right. <laughs> still assessing relationship. <laughs> right. So I ended the email with this is such a sad, sad time. Um, but all that is to say this, that started a flurry even more, I would say, right? April, it was like, like almost like a It was like a floodgate. Like yeah. everyone flipped out because, at least from my perspective, others in the family might disagree, but because it just got sort of real for me as like, we're expecting you guys to fix this. Yeah. This is not our, now you know it happens, does happen is happening mm -hmm. and it was there was a lot of oh i'm so sorry to hear this i'm mm -hmm. you know i'm ashamed that this is our family and i i hope that we can do better in the future you know, totally oh definitely my goodness, a yes. lot of like thank you for sharing your feelings i hear you you know in solidarity or whatever um but there was also the like oh let's meet in the middle reconciliation just because we have different Two viewpoints sides. yeah let's know. not let this divide us you know if we don't meet if we stop talking we'll never be able to you know do better it and it should Ugh. it should be noted april and this is why again i keep talking about twitter because i'm figuring out more and more that that's sort of my Twitter is my text message to the universe, right? Like I just text the world and no one, but no, <laughs> but no one responds. <laughs> um, but, but so it's like stream of consciousness thinking. So I end up tweeting all this stuff, but like it is, I often make the point and we make the point on this podcast. Do not, we are not talking about Donald Trump. We are not talking about Republicanism. We're not talking about conservatism. 
The, all, now, all these people we are talking to, for the most part on this thread, are Lancaster County, most of them, Lancaster County, Central Pennsylvania, conservative Trump country. Maybe they voted for Trump, maybe they didn't, but I can't tell you for sure. And so mm-hmm. that should tell you something, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's just important that in the email that I just read you, no mention, I didn't mention politics, I didn't mm-hmm. mention Trump, I didn't mention any, specifically because I know that that stuff exacerbated it and that's how we are finding out a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. and that's how we're finding out, that's how my great uncle such and such who I never would have even known was on Facebook, I found out was on Facebook because he's like meme of MAGA such and such making fun of Michelle Obama went viral. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, so that's, but I don't ever bring in Trump because then that makes people say, well, it's just a difference Politics. in division. It's a difference yeah. in, right, we're both sides and we're this and that, we're not. No, no, this is not about, this is about humanity. Y'all want to make it about your religion, make it about your religion. Mm-hmm. I'll say it as a tool. If that's what you need to do to like mm-hmm. help you fix this, do it, but you're not fixing it right now in fact you don't even know that it's happening in our own family and y'all were about to go plan a reunion for us to all sit around and eat drink and play games and have fun with each other and not address this yeah that's just not happening and i i think that is partially what put some people off from responding and from uh, from engaging with the conversation in any way. I think people were honestly yes. were shocked yes. at the way that yes. they, they had never heard their younger cousins That's or fact. siblings yep. or nieces or, or nephews speak like this to them. We have another cousin who was, uh, I'm thinking of two other cousins in particular who responded with very direct approaches. They weren't, you know, they weren't beating around the bush. They weren't necessarily um, being disrespectful, but... Uh, very coddling, direct not language, coddling. not coddling in their responses, setting it very clear that they are, you know, uh, yes, racism and uh, homophobia are very real in our family and they won't tolerate it. And I think that, um, I think that really shook people. And mm-hmm. I, I think like people don't even, I don't think people even knew how to to respond to that. And that sounds like an excuse. It's not, they, you respond anyway. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting it to see was. like some of my cousins who won't shut the fuck up. Right. Didn't respond and didn't have an opinion. Right. Because it's like, right Oh wow. Now. That person just really like. Yeah. Shot us down. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It, it, yeah. And it's almost like it's, there's like an intimidation or a fear that, you know, if you say the wrong thing, that we're going to call you out right. now, you know. Right. The, or the black people will call you out because you're saying something. And even that was racist. Uh, yeah. Right. And they yeah. did that. A lot of that. Yeah. Oh, I had a such and such friend. Or I had a blah, 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 blah. Or right. we give to this group. Or we had this uh, exchange student come through. It's like, yeah. you don't realize how fucking racist you sound saying this. Yeah. All, mentioning all these random black and brown people in proximity to your life yeah. to prove to your flesh and blood that you're not racist. Yeah. And the risk there isn't worth it that like the social risk of getting got on an email chain with your all of your family is not worth it's not worth the risk so april we we talked about we've mentioned a bunch of reasons why this why people had problems with our responses here one of them is like sort of the tone policing aspect of it um where um you know what april you were just, you sent me recently a TikTok about a, it was a young white woman who had like an epiphany mm-hmm. about tone policing mm-hmm. and racism. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. she does like a good, well, I, I don't even want to describe it because it is just, 
Not only is it better, she says it more more articulately than we could. She's white, so maybe you'll listen to her. Just note that she refers to BIPOC, which is B-I-P-O-C, which stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. So non-white people. This is at 7K9. What's the newest thing you've learned in your racism journey? I'll start. I'm reading about tone policing, learning that self-tone policing is a survival mechanism. Example, as a woman, I unconsciously self-tone police around men because I've learned if I set off the anger in a man, that can be dangerous for me as a woman. There's a power dynamic at play. Didn't fully appreciate BIPOC have to self-tone police around white people because if you awaken the anger of a white person, that can be dangerous for you. Power dynamic at play. The aha moment is I am used to BIPOC coddling me, caring for my feelings, being gentle and indirect with me. Why is it so important for me to be conscious of this power dynamic that is always at play two reasons one i need to know that usually bipoc are not going to call me out so just because i didn't get negative feedback doesn't mean i was right two when a member of the bipoc community takes that risk because that's what it is a risk to subvert the norm and be direct with me and give me constructive negative feedback that's going to feel uncomfortable to me because that's not what I'm used to. That's not the norm. That's not our usual power dynamic. I need to realize this so I don't make my discomfort their problem. So where do we go from here? I guess pointing out there's nothing inherently wrong with me. There's nothing inherently wrong with my emotions or my emotional reactions. There's nothing wrong with me crying, but also it is dangerous for me to have emotions outside of the privacy and safety of my own house without fully appreciating white supremacy. And I'm not going to be the one that pays the consequences of that. So every minute I forget about this racial power dynamic that's always at play is a moment that I'm putting lives in danger. It's just the most concise, explanation of tone policing that I've heard in a long time and a good understanding of like a good way to put to apply those terms so tone policing obviously you shouldn't tell people how to express their misgivings or their harms or things that have happened to them that's just the first part of tone policing though the second part is what she said which is what our family members were experiencing which is what you just were talking about which is they are just not used to us they were used to us coddling them and and not speaking up to call out anything when we heard it because black people and brown people don't usually do that to white people because it's a risk. It's a huge risk to us. Not only accusing them of something, but accusing them of doing something that they're going to take as a slur, a huge horrific slur against us at our, at our peril um, with, with an outcome that, that hurts us against our peril. And so they are going to deny that vehemently. And... And taken as an insult. And it goes a step even further when, specifically when Jonathan and other of our uh, and other family members said the fact that some people are not responding 
tells me that you are have you know either checked mm-hmm, out, mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm, care, mm-hmm. don't love me, you know, we see this. We see you yeah. not responding. That's why I said it. For them to to still, still not, not respond. respond. Yeah. It's like wow. So that's like they're like you, we see that you see us and we don't point. care. Right. Yeah. Y'all chose like, violence. Right. Yeah. Like so not only okay, so we're not only are we not important enough for you to uh, initiate, right, you know, right. the, the resolution. To notice this problems. yourself. Yeah. yeah. But when we explicitly call it out and ask you to respond <laughs> to still then not hear from those people, it was just, yeah, yeah it's Can't like a... Pay them to be bothered. Yeah, you know? it's like, like a, gut, a gut punch. Yeah, yeah. So I told you guys, you know, I called out people's names. I called out aunt this, uncle this, aunt this, uncle who, aunt who. To this day, upon recording this podcast, we have cousins who, my cousins at a reunion. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like my mom, like my aunts and uncles, uh, kids, yeah. my aunts and uncles' kids who have not gotten back to me, gotten back to us, have not checked in on anything. Who have not? I don't know if they know who George Floyd is. I don't know if they know who like. Who, I'm just picking like big issues. Do y'all like? I have no understanding of where y'all weigh in on that. How is that possible? Yeah. It's, wild. it's a wild feeling. Yeah. To to come to that as an adult, it's not like we're hanging out with these people every weekend. No. We've lived very separate lives for a very long time. But we, it, we're still family and we still related on a certain level when we got together, you know, and we, we grew up together as... And it was always friendly, and it's just weird to right. s- ex- to feel this as an adult. Now you don't know who these people are. Right, right, and that's what people say. Like I lost a family member over Thanksgiving because I had to. We had to. We talked about you know such and such, and it just came out that they. And it's like okay, I guess. And we were talking to April. We were talking to mom about this. Like she's struggling with this with her, you know, amongst her siblings. And it's like mom. This is her family. This is your family. Like, this is wild that this is your, you know, and so I guess the question, you know, that we, that all of our listeners are going to want to know is what do they do? What are they like? How does, what is, what is this? What, what's the outcome here? Yeah. How's this going to happen? Let's take a quick break. I have some um, preaching I need to do on the other side of it, I think. Mm. Um, get ready. People like to always talk about Martin Luther King, so I just feel like we need to just go. Yeah. Let's actually look at what he said about this. Yeah. Start preaching, John. <sighs> okay, so I think a lot of the time when I'm when we make generalizations about, or when we talking about race, I, I speak in generalizations because we are talking about races of people as collectives. We're not talking about individuals, right? So I'm going to speak in generalizations here um, because it's so obvious and so clear what's happening, especially with the people in our family because they're of this demographic. So the baby boomer generation, the people who are our parents' age. The people who are most suspect, susceptible, this is statistically, to misinformation on Facebook, who are most susceptible to, um, you know, the sort of emergence and exacerbation of political racism that we've seen recently, um, are always the ones who are the most offended when you suggest that they are not 
well-meaning and when you suggest that they are not um that they're doing something bad or wrong um they're so quick always in my i cannot tell you april how many times i've heard you are so angry jonathan you are so rude and upset if you would be more like dr king if you would be more like martin luther king when he back in my day when dr king was marching and all he wanted was to love people by the content of their character and not by the color of their skin if that's what you were asking then i could see it fuck that right like so people have whitewashed the hell out of mlk's legacy so i need to correct that on this podcast because we haven't yet We've mentioned it a couple times, but I want to read you a passage that MLK wrote from his 1963 letter from Birmingham jail. And the reason I'm going to read it is not because MLK is the end-all be-all of racism, but it's meeting these people where y'all are. Where they think they are. Where they think they are, saying, well, y'all could just be like Dr. King. Let me tell you what Dr. King, from jail, he wrote this. I must make two honest confessions to you, my Christian and Jewish brothers. He was writing to other members of clergy. First, I must confess that over the past few years, I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate, who is more devoted to order, in quotes, than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice who constantly says, quote, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action, end quote, who paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by the mythical concept of time, and who constantly advises the Negro to wait for a, quote, more convenient season, end quote. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection it's the perfect mm -hmm. it's the perfect cap you know encapsulation of what's happening here yeah. you got you're being rude you're being loud you're being i'm used to being coddled by you mm -hmm. which is what the young lady on tiktok said which means i can't even hear what you're saying much less fix it yeah because it that it's just wild that like you must not be able to hear if that's your response to someone saying, oh, please take your foot off my I'm, neck. I'm hurting. Right. Yeah. Right. So your response is, can you can you ask more politely? What? Right. What? Right. <laughs> that's insane. Right. It is a, a wholesale um, lack of racial, social, cultural competency and the way that they intersect with each other. My mom was telling me that she sent a a message to her siblings um, video footage of the Ronald Green killing surfaced from 2019. Um, so this was recently. This guy was handcuffed, beaten, kicked, punched, black man, um, uh, dragged by his ankles, ultimately died. Cops making fun of him. Cops, you know wiping the, this man's blood off of their uniform, saying, I hope you didn't, you know, I bet you didn't have AIDS. I hope you didn't have AIDS, you know. Racist, just despicable stuff. Um, lied about how this person died. Again, this man's name is Ronald Green, G-R-E-E-N-E. -E -E. You know, this horrific graphic, one of the grossest things you can see in terms of police, police behavior. And my, you know, my 
mom's siblings, my aunts and uncles, wrote back to her like, you know, that's so, you know, sad to see. The police officer totally could have done it differently. They did not have to tase him that way. It's like, <sighs> like yeah. yeah, I guess. I guess. That's and, and, technically and, correct. And mom sent it to them with the like, now imagine if this was your children. Imagine if this mm-hmm. was your husband or your uncle. And that was the, the response was, I'm just disappointed in this officer. I just wish he could have, he could have totally done better. And it's like, yeah, right. I guess that is the in, in. It, that would be the appropriate response if I said, oh, I just stubbed my toe really bad on my bed frame. You know, or or like they were they were they they were giving a critical technical sort of criticism of the way that the officer like effectuated an arrest. Like it's like no, the answer is this person died, was killed by police, and they were calling him the N word the whole time and accusing him of having HIV and dragging him by his ankles, like Emmett Till was dragged by his ankles. So like saying, oh, they could have done that without tasing him is sort of missing the big picture, the larger right. picture, right? Like, um, You mean they could have killed him without tasing right, him? Right, like they could have, like, like, so it's like saying, um, it's like following, you know, when I come to you, April, if I came to you and, and said, I just got out of the, I just left the mall and I was so upset when I went into this one store because they were following me around the whole time and your response was, Oh, that's so interesting because the better way to make sure that things aren't stolen from your store mm-hmm. is to do it this way mm-hmm. and to use this and this and this. And yeah, it's just like so weird that she's following you around. It sucks that she's following her around. Like that's the that's the response. It's like yeah. so but the, you're missing the point is that right. it's not about guarding from stealing or police making it a good arrest. It's about the way black people are treated in our whole lives. And it's wild to me that you thought that that was what we were looking for. Mm-hmm. So, a, a, a solution that sits very comfortably within a racial, a racist uh, police system. Right. You know, right. that that doesn't even right. address it doesn't even, anything right. about and policing. Exactly. Exactly. Like, it doesn't. It's it was it wasn't even an, uh, a a. Uh, like they'd be happy. It was a correction to what how it was done. It wasn't even a, a fix to this to the to the system at all. It didn't change any of the policies or any of the, they're looking at it the way that white people look at everything, yeah, which if, is as an individual. Right, if if the racist cops could just be nicer to black people, right, then they, then they be, could just be yeah. great racist cops. Right, right, like, exactly. If the system of policing was not built on slave patrols, then it would be different today and then things would be different, but it is built on slave patrols, so we just have to sort of deal with that and Hope for the best. It's like, yeah. no. No, this is, I'll deal with it yeah, and you will get the best. This is right. Exactly. You don't, you're missing the entire point here is that the, the whole organization is, this video came from 2019. What about all the other officers that whole time, the good cops that were on the scene that whole time? What, were, what have they been doing for the past three years when they, knowing that this happened, right? So in these instances where we're having these exchanges with our extended family members, and every time we take the risk of reaching out to sort of engage, it's just a wholesale, not a wholesale, it's a failure. It's a, the response is a, oh my goodness, like that's your response? Yeah. You know, like, uh, and I know, we know, because we hear it all the time, that that is one of the reasons why white people, that's one of the reasons that the cousins and aunts and uncles on the thread that we haven't heard from 
will say that they haven't spoken out. It's because mm-hmm. they don't want to say anything wrong. Mm-hmm. They don't want to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't want to piss us off. Um, okay. But then you can't not learn also, right? Mm-hmm. You can't say, I'm not going to also, I'm not going to engage and I'm not going to communicate at all. Mm-hmm. So it'd be one thing if our cousins who we hadn't heard from or aunts who we hadn't heard from said, I had, the reason I haven't responded to this is because I have a lot of learning to do. Because I'm never going to say the right thing. Yeah, say that. You can yeah, say that. Yeah. You're never going to say the right thing because you you won't. Yeah. You won't I say that. I just want to say that, like, I stand against racism. Right. Like, literally, that's all I'm looking for. Right. Like, and But my thing is, say that and say, okay, now what are we doing? Now right. what are we doing to make sure that I will know how to say the right thing in the future? Yeah. Um, that question just doesn't even, we're, we're, we're light years away from people in our family asking, even asking that question. And so, um, it's, I wish we were closing out our podcast on a more positive note, our season three of our podcast on a positive note, but we are following so closely what Martin Luther King predicted. We are, this is the normal white person in America says what, what he just read Mm -hmm. what i just read that he wrote which is don't be so loud about this don't make such a ruckus about this don't throw don't try to rush it don't throw a brick through a cbs because you're mad Mm -hmm. don't kneel on a football field because you're mad Mm -hmm. don't uh march in the streets because you're mad don't be quiet and be antisocial because you're mad we can't do anything because of the white the well-meaning white people who claim to want to fix this and i guess april you and i just thought that it is a good idea to let our listeners know that even us we who do this for work our whole half of our family our whole familial social circle is in turmoil because of racism and so this is not something where we're just sitting down from this pedestal talk telling people how to like fix these obvious problems this is something that we all struggle with. Yeah, and it's just weird to, it's weird to, I guess, and maybe this is part of the problem, but I'm wondering, like, will I ever see some of these people ever again? I'm yeah. only 28. Like, right. I have yeah. decades, you know, yeah. of time to share with these people. My, like, cousin who I thought I was tight with, who I, I haven't heard a word from on this. Will I ever see yeah. them again? Wow. And it's like, yeah. If I don't... It's above me now. Right. Like, like, well, <laughs> like, I guess that's it. Like, yeah. what? I mean, we're because, laughing because it's like... Well, because the option is no longer to have relationships with people that are, are centered in racism. So right. that's just not... That's not an option that we're allowing to be on the table anymore. Right. So now there's no relationship. We used to allow it on the table. It used to be on the table. Right. Our whole well, lives. And that's where age comes into play because I'm 10, you know, 11, 15, 18, still going to these reunions and still being very passive and still saying, oh, like, hi, you're you one know, of the, You're the so youngest. So. Are you the, you're one of the youngest cousins. I'm the youngest grandchild. Right, yeah, right. Uh, of, yes. yeah. Yes, yes. Our mom's family. Yeah, so uh, uh, I feel like people, uh, you know, we, we were always so cute and we were so polite and we were so funny and we mm-hmm. were so... Um, nice and smart, uh, smart and like a little spicy, <laughs> right, like and a right. little you know entertaining <laughs> and yeah. And now we're we're not cute anymore. Now we're threats. And now we're yeah. Now we're no longer passive. And now we're yeah. We're we're not allowing the our relationships to exist as they once did. And we're okay saying 
I'm putting me first if that's what it takes. And with this conversation, it seems like that is probably what it's going to end up being. But it's just like, wow. Yeah. And not to mention, and that's not to mention, April, some of us do this work for a living, right? Like you as a big part of your work do are doing diversity and inclusion work in your organization. So am I, obviously, that's what I do full time. We, how this is being, because this isn't a uh, cookie cutter resolved, you know, one hour podcast, there's no resolution to this right now that we Mm -hmm. can give you guys. But what's happening is a group of white people in our family, amongst them, people who have identities that intersect with other oppressed groups, so members of the LGBTQ community, women in our family, Mm -hmm. white women in our family who know what it's like to be oppressed by men, but but this group of white family members are taking it upon, young, taking it upon themselves to hold Zoom informational sort of teaching sessions about racism with people in our family that is happening there have been uh i think there was one session there are going to be others um i'm not going to be when we're not going to any reunions or anything but i think that's been canceled for now maybe they're still having an event yeah and maybe just white people will go and like talk about this why there's no black people they're not going to talk about it i know that's what's wild that's what's wild that's what i'm saying they'll have a reunion with all white people and this won't even come up that's what i'm saying so that's exactly what i'm saying so i said that sort of jokingly but if they did still get together this wouldn't be talked about because Mm -hmm. it's conservative white central pennsylvania uh christianity that does not that is more concerned like martin luther king said with order and tone and timing than it is with honesty and open uh clarity and um so even with all of this that went on, the hundreds of email exchanges that went on the 50-person email thread, um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do. And people, mind you, people are getting called out by name, y'all. So, like, this is, we, we, we skipped over. There was a whole portion of this where, like, great aunts and great uncles were saying, can you please remove us from this thread? Yeah. Boom, one after the other. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. That one, was their, two, their... three, four, five. All that was their only response to the email chain. Please remove, remove us from, from this thread. Chain. I gave the I gave that as an option. We can always remove people if you're getting like if you're annoyed by this. I said it sort of tongue in cheek, yeah. and people were like, "Yeah, remove me from yeah, this." It's like, me. wow, bye, wow. So cool. of course I didn't remove them, and they're just being spammed by all this. Um, and, and it is a we have a long way to go. Um, you thought uh, you thought all our family members listened to our podcast? Y'all? Oh my gosh! Some no of them way. wouldn't didn't make it past the first episode. No way. They were too offended. They not didn't make it past the first episode where we called all white all white people racist and have continued to tell you why we've said that. Yep. And continue to frame that, um, but it's their feelings. It's their, I don't just don't know why you had to do it that way. Why did you have to say that? Is it just so you would be go viral? It's like right. no, because we are making an observation of the way that white people interact with every other race in this country. But still, like, expect me to come visit, you know? And I'm rude if I don't. Rude. You're rude if you don't get back to myself. them. You're rude if you don't get back to them about the Christmas card that they sent you. Yeah. Are you kidding? You know, so that's the... That's that is, wild. That is where we find ourselves. Um, we are... I'm more hopeful than April is, as is our way, as is our... <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Uh... Hopeful for what? You think we're going to all have a kumbaya moment? Well, it's not for us. Hopeful for them? We'll be long dead before racism gets solved. Oh, okay. You're not hopeful for this situation I'm hopeful that things will get better in that the same way that they somewhat did over the last 
hundred years, but in a way, in many ways, they didn't, right? Um, I'm excited for words like anti-racism and um, intersectionality and all the buzzwords that, what's her name was using in that TikTok, to be, they're showing up in presidential speeches now and they're showing up in like, um, words like, you know, and, and especially phrases that have been around forever are now part of our sort of working dialogue like reparations. We're literally talking about reparations for the descendants of Tulsa now as a model um, globally. It's a huge undertaking. Now, I'm not thinking of this like a white person thinks of it. I'm not individually excited for my life moving mm -hmm. forward, mm -hmm. um, but I'm hopeful as a collective for the people that people will be better and get better white people are getting better some of them but they just don't realize how many of them there are that are so horrible mm -hmm. in terms of being and in terms of and when i say horrible i mean racial competency no mm -hmm. the people on our email thread that had no idea what we were talking about yeah. who were just like oh someone said remove from the thread also I'll, I'll, I'll remove remove yeah. from the thread like yeah. you know like those people who have no idea what we're even what any of this stuff means might have a better at least somewhat of a better understanding now or some peaked interest or some in my mind if those people aren't changing which i don't think they are at least the white people that are doing the work have are having a better understanding now of mm -hmm. what the some actual scene is yeah. and what the actual environment is that y'all live in. Y'all thought y'all came from a nice Christian mm -hmm. upbringing. Isn't it so nice that we all get together still? Fellowship so many every of us. five years and yeah. just come from all different walks of life. Mm -hmm. Now that can get that image can be obliterated. Yeah, you're welcome for those memories. Right. We tolerated it we for to that long. It was not right. Exactly. Yeah. And it was not uh, our was honest selves. Yeah. It was yeah. us getting along. Right. And that's, Jonathan, that just brought something home to me. That's why, like, sorry, I'm about to say this out loud. That's why I don't really feel anything when I'm thinking about never seeing some of those people in our family again. Right. You know? Right. Because they don't know me. Right. They don't know who I am. Right. Because I've never been able to be me around them. Mm. So it's like. It's not like one. Sort of, they clearly don't care themselves, right? But like they they are not freaking out right now about yeah. not seeing you. So, yeah. So yeah. it's just I never really thought about it that way. Like they don't know me, so we don't really have a relationship. You have like, like a principled. But, you care like sort of out of principle because yeah. you like going and they're so you like some of the weird stuff that like it's people outside of the Mennonite community would think it's weird. It's not weird to them. <laughs> right. The weird, the fact that they like sing hymns and stuff. And yeah. like, it's beautiful. It's this beautiful like religious church music that is just very, it's choral, just, yeah. you know, and that's a tradition that we do. You love that. You love going to, and it's like, but like, that's just one part of it. That's not, yeah, you can, yeah. You can sing hymns at I home. Can never at do that. I can never do that again and be okay. Like right. that's not, right. it's not worth going to a reunion it's not worth again. going to someone who i know was look sitting next to someone who i know was on this thread and know who read me pouring my heart out to them with bullet points and numbering and bold yeah. and underlined and doesn't have any yeah reason to engage so all right so all that is to say it's bleak but it is um it's the work. We, and we wanted to, right, we wanted to share this 
with you all to show you that the work is, yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, we're in it with you. We have any action item? We do. We sort of harped on an action item, which is keep going. Keep going. It sucks. It's, it's a 28-year and 35-year yeah. damn. Yeah. That's half a 70. Wow. Uh, journey. And we're just now reaching a place where there's there's conflict. Where we're like emailing there's, about there's it too. It's not even like conflict. We're... Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's just I'll be very interested to see what the next like you know five or so years show us. But at this point, like, I'm sort of uh, thinking that we'll maybe win the war one day. I'm not even interested in in these little battles anymore. Like, right. I'm not. It's, right. Reunions, it's not, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. It's not worth it to me. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. It is about finding your sort of inner, as a black person, especially in this, the fact that we even are having to have these conversations with white people is outlandish. And sort yeah. of, you know, white people should be fixing this themselves. Yeah. Um, but finding, protecting your inner sort of peace and happiness, um, like, I think that's a big part of not engaging mm-hmm. and not, and sort of being me like, I wonder how this is going to go, but I can't invest, I can't make it life or death for mm-hmm. me because I might it die. very well may be death because we might yeah. never hear from these people again, because they might literally think it's easier to just ignore this and think it never happened, treat it like it never happened than to actually talk about it. So yeah. it is a, um, it's an ongoing struggle, but that is, um, when you when whiteness in America is so deeply and racism is so deeply entrenched into every aspect of society, religion, family interactions, person to person, commerce, all that stuff, it's it has to be a part of your whole dismantling it has to be a part of your whole life. It has to be a thing that is that reaches your family members. Of course. Of course it has to be that reaches your um, the folks in who are connected to you and love you, but who you know aren't living their best anti-racist lives Mm -hmm. it's on you who else would it be on to get to those people it's got to be personal it can't be that's what we were just saying to right to our mom this is your your brothers and sisters are going to believe you more than anyone else on Mm -hmm. the planet keep talking keep talking keep going um but i don't want you anymore right (laughs) right right so all right all that is to say, um, enjoy your summer, folks. Yes. <laughs> right? Hot uh, Girl Summer. What's your song of the summer? Okay. Oh, my God. Hold on. We're about to do this. What's yeah. my song of the summer? Yeah. Mine's Seeing Green by Nicki Minaj, Drake, and Lil Wayne. Oh, mine's Diamonds Dancing featuring Travis Scott. Oh, my gosh. Young Stoner Life is just, uh, like, okay. That's the album. That's a whole. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, yeah. Slime Language 2 is just where my head's at. You wanna play a little? Mm-mm, I can't. Yeah, also we'll get sued. I'll start sweating. Right. Okay. Bye everyone. Bye y'all. Have a good summer. This episode of Black Hand was produced by us, April and Jonathan Perkins. It was edited by me, and our music is by Fifth Child. You can find more of his work at fifthchildmusic.com. That's number five fifthchildmusic.com You can find Black Ann wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Also be sure to tell your friends. And until next time, be mindful, be vigilant, and and keep keep asking asking questions. questions.